feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, boy, is it an action-packed news night here on the show. First off, we are waiting for a press conference set to take place at any moment on the main mass shooter. Um, Some big news tonight. Just about an hour ago, uh, they discovered his body. He was apparently dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And this is certainly breathing a sigh of relief to the community there in Lewiston, Maine. This, of course, is Robert Card. Uh, he is the suspect, the man who they believe opened fire on two locations, including a bowling alley and then a billiard sort of slash bar just a few nights ago. The whole city has been in lockdown and in paralysis. The whole country has been essentially looking for this guy. And it even went into Canada, too, because, of course, it was in Maine. And they saw that his car was left near a boat ramp. They were looking in Canada. They were looking to see if he had maybe taken a flight out. Uh, this was one of the biggest manhunts uh, in U.S. history in the last few hours. And some good news, at least for the community, a sigh of relief that he is no longer out there. And again, it comes after a note was found at his home. And there was also a note in his car indicating that he, quote, might be dead by the time they're reading this. They didn't know if that was a false flag, if he was trying to say that just to put them off the scent, because this is clearly somebody who's an outdoorsman. This is somebody also who is a marksman. This is somebody who knows the community. And many people were worried that he could be on the lam for days, weeks, even years. Uh, I covered the Eric Robert Rudolph case. That was the Olympic bomber, Olympic Park bomber in Atlanta. He was gone for years living in the wilderness. And this guy was a marksman. He was a person who was doing uh, gun training with individuals. And he clearly had a history of mental illness. So a lot of questions tonight as to why this guy even still had access to guns uh, after he got out of a mental facility and was telling people that he was hearing voices, that he didn't understand what was going on, that he wanted to open fire on his army base. And because of all of these things, people were extremely concerned. And also, boy, will there be a lot of post-investigation into this. How could this guy even be on the streets? How could he even have access to any weapons? How could he be aware uh, to be able to get those guns to plan these multiple attacks, killing 18 people and injuring still so many others? Still many, many questions tonight and so many people searching for answers. But there is certainly a sigh of relief that he will not kill anybody else. His body was found, apparently, we're just getting word that his body was found nearing this recycling center where he had recently been fired. And it wasn't too far from the bowling alley and also the bar. So his body was still found in Lewiston. Again, it looks like from an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. Uh, We will have a press conference at any moment And as soon as that begins, 
We will indeed bring that to you. What is your reaction tonight also as to so many questions about this case? How could someone that clearly had very, very obvious mental illness and was at the point where he was saying, I'm going to shoot up my army base. He's an army reservist. How could he possibly be even let go of a mental facility? Who are the people that said, okay, this guy's okay to leave? His sister was telling people that my brother had said that after he had left the mental facility. He had also been in the mental facility for two weeks, which is a long time. Typically, people, when they go into these mental facilities, they usually stay for 24, 48, 72 hours. In this case, they clearly thought he was a major threat, and they locked him up for two weeks and still let him go. Who in their right mind would let somebody like this go, especially somebody with a history of weapons and guns and still making such serious threats? It is heartbreaking to hear. And also, we're getting details on some of the age of some of the people that were killed. They were anyway from teenagers to people in their 80s. So this is just such a sad story. At the bowling alley that night, it was youth night at the bowling alley. Uh, also word that he had just gotten two hearing aids put in. And in addition to that, some of those who were killed were young children that were deaf. So we don't know a motive yet. We have no idea. We know, as I talked about, that he had just had two hearing aids put in. He also had recently been let go. He had been fired from his job. Again, his body found near that location. We also know he was angry at the Army because apparently in the note he had just, you know, expressed some real anger towards the U.S. Army and said he was angry because they felt it had created a lot of problems for him in his life. So that is a stunning, stunning detail, and we hope to get some answers literally in a matter of moments. We will take that news conference live from Lewiston, Maine. What are your thoughts? Because it still goes back to the idea if somebody is so mentally ill, it is so obvious he should not have serious, you know, any ability to get to these weapons. The other thing is also individuals that are clearly troubled. We've seen cases in New York City where they've pushed people on subway tracks, where they've done other things, where they brought out knives. They will have access. It's not necessarily the guns like the Democrats right away go to guns, guns, guns. I contend it's mental illness. It's people. There are obvious warning signs in this case. I mean, this guy was clearly a ticking time bomb and shouldn't be near anything. He should have been locked up and he should have been permanently locked up because someone who is saying they're going to open fire on a base shouldn't be out, period. That's my feeling. I'll also be curious. There were apparently word that there might have been a prior criminal history. We'll find out about that, too, as well. If that's the case, why was he ever out? What was his criminal history? There was apparently a restraining order because he also had domestic issues. And one of his ex-wives had put a restraining order out on him because of some violence in his background. Again, if you just look at this. It's obvious this guy never should have been walking the streets. So there are so many questions here tonight. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete in Staten Island. Uh, Pete on line two. Your thoughts tonight, Pete. I'm so relieved that they found this guy. Look, 
if he was mentally ill, uh, you know, we got to, you know, I can't say forgive him because what he did was absolutely. I can't forgive him. You know, Pete, I'm hardcore. You know what? I I can't forgive him because he took 18 lives away. He destroyed a community, uh, 13 others. There are some people clinging to life right now, young kids, teenagers. Obviously, listen, I feel I feel sorry for everybody. I feel sorry for uh, his family. But you know what? If his family knew, and apparently his sister at least said that he had heard voices, there's a report out there. So did the sister know it at the time? Did she tell anybody? Did anybody else who worked with him or uh, family members or friends? You know what? You have a responsibility. This is a classic case when someone is so out of their mind and so violent and has such incredible access to guns and everything else. You have a responsibility to make sure that that person is locked up. I'm sorry. You do not have a right to give them a pass and say, you know what? They're allowed to open fire on a bowling alley on youth night, you know, with disabled kids. Are you kidding me? I mean, this this to me is the epitome of why you need to say something. You have a responsibility to society, and you can't sit there. I'm not saying you, Pete. I'm talking about other people. You can't sit there and give these people passes and say, oh, well, I hope they get better, or maybe they'll just hurt themselves and not somebody else, or, you know what, I love them, so I don't want to report them. If you love them, you're going to make sure that they're locked up and get help and stay away from everybody else. What do you think, Pete? This is a horrible, you know, a mental illness is out there. I, I'll admit I have a little mental illness. I go for therapy and I take care of it. And I treat myself well today. Uh, I talked to Anthony at Gamorgis. I says, I want to come down and have pizza. I said, but I'm afraid to come into the city. And he goes, why? I go, they're looking 700 miles from this guy. I, I'm five, he's, I live 500 miles away. That's another 200 miles. So we're talking further than Cape May. We're talking Delaware. But I, said, I don't want to come out. I'm afraid. So he sent me down some pizza and a good salad, and I'm eating it and loving it. Well, well, That's I first off, I want to give a shout-out to Tony and Grimaldi's because they are the best, and that'll make anybody happy, trust me, to oh, see yeah. Tony or to have their pizza. But you know what, Pete? Your point is a good one because here it is. We are hundreds of miles away and yet the whole country was on edge. And they also told Canada. Canada was alerted he may be coming there. There was an APB out uh, all over the world because they thought maybe he had changed his looks. He's had its 48 hours. He had plenty of time to fly away with someone assisting him. They don't know. I mean, you know, maybe a fake passport. There's a lot of things, especially if things are planned out and calculated. But look how much fear uh, you and other people and, you know, in New York City had, you know, and, and yet can you imagine living in Lewiston, Maine, if you were a house that was in that neighborhood? The whole community was on lockdown. Schools were on lockdown. Uh, I mean, it, just for the sake of this guy, that is obviously not, not, not at all fair. And that puts really, uh, I think, it's just a broad perspective. The good news is. Uh, I'm happy uh, that at least they have found him, that they've discovered him, and at least now the community can be at rest. Uh, obviously a horrible, sad, just terrible, terrible story, but I'm glad they are at rest. Um, listen, here is the breaking news. Here is the press conference, and let's listen to the Maine governor, Janet Mills, who is starting it off on Fox Sorry. News. In Lisbon. He is dead. I've called President Biden to inform him about this news. I've informed Senator King, Senator Collins, 
Representative Pingree and Representative Golden. Commissioner Sawshuck will describe the circumstances of that discovery in some detail uh, in a few moments. But this discovery is entirely thanks to the hundreds of local, county, state, and federal law enforcement members from all over, and people from other states as well, people who searched tirelessly to arrive at this moment. And on behalf of all Maine people, I want to express my profound gratitude for their unwavering bravery and determination and fortitude and for the leadership of Lewiston Police Chief. Say, where'd you go? Right there, 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 that guy. (laughs) Lewiston Police Chief St. Pierre. Like many people, I'm breathing a sigh of relief tonight knowing that Robert Card is no longer a threat to anyone. I know there are some people and many people who share that sentiment, but I also know that his death may not bring solace to many. But now is a time to heal. And with this search concluded, I know that law enforcement continues to fully investigate all the facts so we can bring what closure we can to the victims and their families. And I ask that all Maine people continue to keep those families and all of the people impacted by this tragedy in their thoughts and prayers. Lewiston is a special place. This isn't us. Lewiston is a great place. It's a close-knit community of fine people, people with a long history, a history of hard work, of persistence, of faith, of opening its big heart to people everywhere. And you are listening to Maine's governor uh, with the news that bringing a huge sigh of relief to Maine and the world uh, Robert Card, the mass shooter there in Maine, no longer a threat. His body has been found with what appears to be a self-inflicted gunshot wound to his head. We're going to go back to the press conference right after the break. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Rita Cosby Show. The following is a paid commercial announcement. This is an urgent message from the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. The people of Israel are at war. Hamas terrorists have murdered women and children, desecrated bodies, and kidnapped loved ones. President and CEO of the Fellowship, Yael Eckstein. What's happening right now in Israel is Israel's 9-11. I'm coming to you today to say Israel is under attack and we need your help now. It can't wait. It can't wait an hour, it can't wait a day, and it certainly can't wait a week. We need emergency supplies on the ground in Israel now. 
Your emergency gift of $45 will help save Jewish lives and provide critical essentials desperately needed right now. Please call and help Israel. 800-941-5566. That's 800-941-5566. Bishop Paul Lanier, Chairman of the U.S. Board for the Fellowship. Terrorists have egregiously, violently, viciously violated the territory, the sanctity, the sovereignty of Israel. My assignment, yours, is to help give and to provide sustenance, food, medicine. It's important. It really matters. And I'm asking you now, with all that I can say, please, please give. With an emergency gift today of just $45 to the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, you'll help provide emergency medical needs for those injured. Water, food, bomb shelter construction, and much more. Please call now. Make your emergency gift of $45 or any amount the Lord leads you to give today. 800-941-5566. 800-941-5566. That's 800-941-5566. IFCJ is a nonprofit organization. Eating balance of nature, fruits and veggies, is not replacing the fruits and vegetables in your diet. It is fruits and vegetables in your diet. Ask yourself, how many servings of fruits and vegetables have I eaten today? Have you eaten one, two, three, and from how many varieties? Most people are less than three. Our body is an amazing chemical laboratory, and when you give it the right chemistry, it functions the best. Balance of Nature is 31 different fruits and vegetables prepared in a way to give you the ultimate whole fruit and vegetable chemistry. Let Balance of Nature help you supplement your fruit and vegetable intake for a lot less money and a lot less work and a much higher quality of life. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature. Go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order and get this special offer by using discount code WABC. Hi, this is Ernie Anastas. When it's time to buy a new car, most people want a sure thing. That's the reason why so many people turn to Mercedes-Benz of Edison, the one dealership that is a sure thing when it comes to legendary customer service, selection, and value. When you're looking for a sure thing, visit Mercedes-Benz of Edison. Make empanadas at home in three easy steps. One, open the Goya Empanada Dough Package. Two, fill with juicy, spicy chipotle chicken or your favorite filling. And three, bake until perfectly crisp. Three easy steps steps compared to the 1,872 steps it takes to climb to the top of the Empire State, or the 7.5 million steps it takes to walk from coast to coast. See? Making homemade empanadas with Goya empanada dough is easy. Find it in the freezer section. If it's Goya, it has to be good. We all hear the radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. I'm not here to do that. Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's 5000 50000 or 500000 we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids. No matter where you are, call now. 800-579-9068. Don't lose hope. TRA can eliminate or reduce what you owe to the IRS. There is zero risk to you. If we can't reduce your tax debt, then you pay nothing. Our passion is taxes and helping individuals fix their IRS problems. We have a five-star rating on Google and Yelp and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS any longer. End your tax nightmare today by visiting us online at tra.com 
or call 800-579-9068. That's 800-579-9068. Tax Relief Advocates, real solutions for real people. Entertaining talk for New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and the world. An American original. Talk Radio 77 WABC and WABCRadio.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And on another busy news night here on the Rita Cosby Show, the suspect in the main mass shooting is found dead. We're listening to a live news conference in Lewiston, Maine, with the big news. Uh, here it is. Talked about before. These next steps are going to be gives us an opportunity to to do things as fast as we can in the sense that we want to provide closure and information, but also slow things down a little bit uh, because we need to look at video evidence. We need to look at uh, the various uh, pieces of technology that are in um, play here and hopes that that gives us some additional information around some of the things that you're going to be concerned about. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I'm happy to take a look at that information in, in hopes that I can get that back to you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, again, we have uh, uh, attorney generals that we need to work with and other individuals uh, that are in play here. I'm going to take a couple more questions again, again, with the mindset that it's that it's 10 o'clock tonight. And we do want to come back uh, tomorrow morning to have this going right here. Yeah, sure. So I think that um, that was an ongoing. And we have been listening to what is a live news conference in Lewiston, Maine, announcing the news that is breathing a huge sigh of relief for everybody and all the communities uh, that Robert Card, who is the suspect in those mass shootings, those horrible ones that took place in Lewiston, Maine, at a bowling alley and also at a bar killing 18 and injuring at least 13, now has been found dead that they located his body. We just heard it was near a river in Lisbon Falls, which is just a few miles away from Lewiston, and they located the body uh, just about, uh, about wow, about uh, two and a half hours ago, not that long ago. Uh, so this is all breaking news, and they are just announcing it here. They expect to have more information tomorrow. Uh, but apparently there was also a note found in his car that was not too far from there and also a note found also in his home. And the note in the car was sort of a suicide note, if you will, saying, hey, you're going to find if you find this, I will probably already be dead. Uh, this was clearly a man with severe, severe mental illness. 
Uh, you just heard also officials were saying earlier that they notified the victim's families first, which is obviously the right thing to do. And then they notified, which was interesting, the family of the suspect, because they said that a number of family members have been extremely cooperative in this search. So that may have helped for them to locate him. We don't know. We're waiting to get those details. Uh, but it still begs the question, why didn't the family report that he was out? There are so many questions tonight about mental illness. What was he doing with the guns, with his history of severe mental illness? We're going to take your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement. First off, shout out to all of the law enforcement officers, the local, the state, the federal, all of those who were involved in the search for the mass shooter in Maine. Uh, Again, we'll have more updates in a moment, but he has been found uh, apparently dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. But law enforcement has been working tirelessly day and night in the last 48 hours. And uh, anybody who says, uh, you know, defund the police, uh, we need more of them. And we need more of them out there supporting us and protecting our communities as they were trying to do there in Lewiston and ran towards gunfire, ran towards danger. It's a powerful reminder of how important our men and women in blue are. Also, here's another story from Yonkers, New York, where officers were able to rescue a man trying to jump from an overpass, and they did it in mid-leap. Get this. An unidentified man was standing by in a metal railing on a highway overpass. One of the officers from the Yonkers Police Department called out to the man and said, hey, let's talk about whatever's going on. We'll leave. Then you understand uh, then the officer said, but we can't leave while you're here standing next to the railing. It's a dangerous situation. That's why we're here. As the officer calmly spoke to the man, he extended his hand out to the man. The man then reached up seemingly to join hands with the officer, but then suddenly turned around and attempted to jump over the railing. This is incredible. Body camera video shows that the officers acted so quickly. They immediately grabbed the man as he was jumping and thankfully pulled him back to safety. Wow. Now, upon learning about the incident and seeing the video of the dynamic and fast work of the officers engaged in saving the man, Yonkers, New York Mayor Mike Spano said in a police department Facebook post, I applaud your skillful officers who stepped in with precision. Mental health continues to affect communities across the country and in Yonkers. We're fortunate to have resources and support to properly train our officers so they can assist those in need. What a powerful story. And as we are talking about mental illness, boy, uh, was there one with a blaring neon sign in the case of the main mass shooter. Robert Card, again, has been found dead near a recycling center, and it was a place of business that he was recently fired from. Uh, All-out manhunt, one of the biggest uh, recent times. By the way, uh, his shooting where he killed 18 people, wounded 13 others, it's the deadliest mass shooting this year in the United States, and it is the deadliest ever in the state of Maine. 
Uh, so just really, really sad situation and horrible situation. But now at least the community can relax as they have been on edge and have been in lockdown, schools and lockdowns, businesses and lockdowns. And especially because they had not had a single sighting of this guy in 48 hours. Uh, they thought he could be very far away and could even be in another country, potentially crossed into Canada. So this is really, really scary stuff. You know, you think about the guy who escaped from the Pennsylvania prison. He was gone uh, for, it was like weeks. Remember, it was a long time. And I brought up the Eric Robert Rudolph case. That was the Olympic Park bombing case uh, when he was accused of that bombing at the Olympics in Atlanta years ago. It was seven years Till he was discovered. He was an outdoorsman and he kind of hid out in the mountain ranges. So this was a very wooded area. The guy's a marksman. He's a hunter. Uh, so people thought maybe there's a chance they might just be on edge and who knows when he would get discovered. But the good news is they have at least located him. Uh, and even though it does not in any shape or form uh, bring solace to the families who lost loved ones by this monster, at least uh there is at least a sigh of relief that he won't hurt anybody else again. Uh, Robert Card found dead with a single, it looks like, self-inflicted gunshot wound, uh, one to his head. And it looks like a separate gun, obviously, because they had found one the other day that they believe was probably used in the shooting. Uh, so he had multiple weapons. And this guy was also a marksman. So it begs the question, how did he get out of a mental facility? There are so many questions. Why would this guy ever have access to guns? And as soon as this story broke, Democrats went right to the guns, 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 guns. We have to ban assault weapons. Now, uh, look at like I, I always talk about the case of like Switzerland, Switzerland. Almost everybody has a gun. It's one of the safest communities because they respect the gun. They understand how to use it. They're trained. Uh, they have a very low crime rate because people are protected. Guess what? If you break into a home, uh, they know somebody's armed. You know, and unfortunately, the way it is now with hundreds of millions of guns out there, the bad guys are always going to get them and you want the good guys to have them. You know, I wish there was an armed security guard in Uvalde. I wish there were multiple ones in Texas. Remember when the guy came in and opened fire on that classroom there? Think about if there had been armed guards and that were able to shoot him. uh, He may not have been able to hurt any children. So, unfortunately, we're at a very difficult place where nerves are afraid, tensions are afraid. We're talking about what's going on in the Middle East. There is so much happening in the world, and crime is skyrocketing. So you could look at uh, those people getting back out on the streets with repeat offenders. You could look at why people with mental illness, uh, that they're not voluntarily or, if not, involuntarily locked up. we got to do something. we got to take them off the streets so they don't harm themselves and they don't harm others. But again, as soon as the story broke, uh, the Democrats and the liberal media, like Joy Reid on MSNBC, went to guns, 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 and she started talking about the National Rifle Association. Listen to this. The NRA is, is a gun-worshipping cult that sacrifices American children to the god of gun ownership. They are about as evil as anything that has ever happened in this country. And that was a guest on Joy Reid blasting the NRA. Uh, look at what happened also. We were talking on Katz and Cosby earlier this week. Think about the history, too. And, you know, you go back. Let's go back to Stalin took away the guns. Hitler took away the guns. When they went into Poland, by the way, first thing they did, they took away the weapons so people could not protect themselves. 
at a time where things are very dangerous and there's a lot of sadly evil out there. Do you want to have people unarmed and not able to protect themselves? Uh, I don't think so. I think in some cases the Second Amendment is even more important than it ever was before. And here is Dr. Mark Siegel talking earlier today with me and the great John Katsimatidis on Katz and Cosby. And he brought up the point he obviously was talking about the history of mental illness, how there needs to be more counselors out there for mental illness. But he also said that a lot of people are putting their priorities on the wrong place and the focus needs to be on mental well-being, not the weapon. Take a listen. A lot of the attention is being paid to the weapon used and more needs to be paid to the person using it. And of course, the other issue here is that in Maine, they only have yellow flag laws, meaning that a family can't even say. And I believe this guy had a lot of trouble with his with his marriages and there was a restraining order, supposedly. I mean, you know, a family like or like that sister couldn't in in a, in a red flag state. You That sister could have reported him to a judge who would then take away his, his weapons. That's who should be looked at in terms of weapons is mentally ill people that have a violent tendency. One thousand percent. We need to look at mental health. You can't have people who have mental illness. There are so many of these people who are committing crimes, uh, obviously most not as heinous as this, but often murder cases or other serious crimes. And they often clearly have some mental illness. Uh, there was the guy on the subway who opened fire. I think he shot 10 people. And he said, yeah, I was trying to get in and get mental health, uh, but nobody was helping me. I couldn't get an appointment. I couldn't get in. I mean, there is an obvious problem with mental health in this country. And people that are clearly a threat to society, family members, people need to speak up. And there's some people that just need to be locked up. And until you are 1,000% sure that the person is okay, anything short of that, they need to stay locked up. And some people are just so violent, they need to always stay locked up. If a guy is talking about shooting up his army base and hearing voices, and that's after he got two weeks of treatment in a mental health facility, guess what? He should be locked up. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Al on line four in Yonkers. Al, uh, by the way, that was such a beautiful story about the uh, two officers that saved the guy jumping off the bridge. That was an amazing story in your neck of the woods. Yeah, that was the first I heard of it. You know, I, I used to know a guy. Uh, he used to work with the emergency services before he retired. And they're the uh, patrolmen, as you know, who go throughout the city when they have a case uh, with an EDP, an emotionally disturbed person, or who's somebody who's having uh, some severe problems, and they try to take care of the situation. So I know the Yonkers Police, they really have a professional department. Uh, it's like, uh, even though it's a large city, it's really, uh, everybody pretty much knows everybody up here. And, uh, they, they, you know, they're a class act. They have a really good, reputable department. Well, and by the way, Al, um, speaking of mental illness, Mark Siegel, when we, he was talking with us earlier, he was saying for the whole state of Maine, there are only 87 mental health counselors. I mean, that's nothing. You know, there, there's a problem. There are a lot of people that have mental health issues. Uh, probably half the people on the New York City subway have them, you know, and, and you need to get help to these people so good riders and passengers can live in peace. I mean, it, 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 there's a problem of a lack of help for these people. And there's also, I think, such a denial in these families because 
these family members, I'm glad that authorities were saying tonight that they were very helpful. Uh, it sounds like they were cooperating fully with police. But I would like to know, this guy seems like a big blaring sign of problems. He'd sound like he was very vocal telling people, hearing voices, I'm going to shoot up a base. I'm going to do, well, that's not normal. So I'd like to know uh, who he told that to. And was it anybody in an official capacity? Was it a mental health professional? Uh, was it the sister? Was it anybody in law enforcement? Because somebody needs to be fired. So go ahead, Al. Yeah, you know, I agree with you uh, fully. I think, unfortunately, this uh, tragedy uh, that the state officials in Maine uh, and the legislator and the governor, uh, they're going to have to regroup and, and see what went wrong here. And uh, it's going to take, a, you know, I'm sure an investigation to see what occurred here. And uh, they're going to try to, uh, you know, instead of, you know, being reactive this time, hopefully in the future they could be proactive. I mean, this was a terrible tragedy where all so many lives were lost and uh, it should have never occurred. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Al, thank you so much. Let's go to Norm on line five. Norm, um, boy, uh, I am happy that they don't have to live in fear because what if they never found this guy? And there was a report, Norm, um, I think you were with me, Norm, uh, and I think you and I talked on the night when this whole happened. I mean, it happened right before the show here, and I was going through with all of you when news was breaking about it, and there were reports he was going back to the hospital to finish off his victims. I mean, people were utter fear. I mean, if I was living in that small community, I'd be so scared. And I, I'm happy that at least they don't have to live in lockdown anymore, Norm. Yes. Well, Rita, uh, I'm a member of that evil cult that Joy Reid talks about. And the so NRA, the evil Kennedy. NRA cult? <laughs> yes, I'm a, ben, I'm a benefactor life member, and so was President John F. Kennedy. And so are a lot of elderly grandfathers in America, okay? And so are, so are you know, uh, Olympic shooters. Um, so are people that... Joy Reid probably works with, okay? M- maybe even her manager or something like that is a Anyway, that's not the reason why I'm calling, okay? Obviously, look, uh, for all the victims of the shooting, I mean, my thoughts and prayers are with them and for the law enforcement who apprehended Mr. Card. But the, the issue is, I, you know, I just can't get away from this. I, look, he's a man. And yes, he his acts were monstrous. But for 20 years... This man devoted himself to the U.S. military, okay? And, and, and he was a, a good soldier, I heard. The thing is, a silicone chip inside his head got switched to overload, as the song went. And, you know, I, I just, it's such a tragedy. Now, let, let me ask you, Norm, do you think, and I thought this, and I'm not sure if this is where you're going, did you think that maybe this is somehow related to PTSD or something tied to the military? Because there was something, and we'll probably know more tomorrow, but there was something in one of the notes or in a comedy made to somebody else suggesting that he was angry at the military, that they didn't do enough for him or that they destroyed his life, or maybe he blames the military for his emotions or he blames the military for his failed marriages. Who knows, you know, but... Do you think there's something tied to that norm? Is that which I, and by the way, yeah, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm probably the biggest fan of the U.S. military out there. Uh, but I'm certainly not a fan of Robert Card. No, I'm not a fan of his, but I know that when, that he was hearing voices. 
He was telling people. And those voices are real to these mentally ill people. And these voices are telling this guy, kill. And he had to he actually got new hearing aids, maybe to blank out the noises. You yeah, know? you're right. You're and, and that's why Norm, I go back to who did he say that to? Because if you hear somebody saying that to you, if it's a brother or a neighbor or whoever, you better sure as heck notify law enforcement because especially somebody who has an arsenal with them and has the ability uh, to shoot, you know, with a scope. And, you know, I mean, uh, this is this guy was probably one of the most dangerous mass shooters uh, ever because of his background of who he was, like you said, and and the severity of his mental illness. But but you're right. Um, I mean, look, he clearly was a troubled man and clearly needed help and got at least it looks like two weeks help. We'll find out how much of it was voluntary or involuntary. But whoever let him out after two weeks, because according to reports, he was still hearing those same voices after he got out. So he clearly didn't get the help uh, that he needed. Uh, and also that's where professionals or family or whoever it is needs to step in and say, you know what? For the good of society, this guy should be locked up. I mean, I, I agree with you. He's clearly troubled, uh, but that does not give him an excuse to inflict such horrible pain, uh, on a, on a country, not just a city, but on a country. Um, and people need to step up and get that person help. Maybe he could have been rehabilitated. We don't know. Or maybe he should have been locked up for the rest of his life so he couldn't have harmed himself and especially others. Um, so we'll find out more. But but I hear what you're saying, Norm. There's a lot to be discussed in this case and a lot of questions uh, and answers we don't know yet. Uh, so we'll find out where it goes and who knew what and when. Uh, 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And coming up on the Rita Cosby Show in the next hour, some huge protests, pro-Palestinian, some pro-Hamas, uh, taking place all over the country tonight, including one that took place at Grand Central Station uh, the biggest train station. And guess what? They shut it down. There were so many protesters chanting and screaming. Uh, also, last night in front of New York City Hall, burning the American flag. I was disgusted to see that. Uh, we want to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about what looks like the ground incursion has begun. Uh, thousands of Israeli troops are now in northern Gaza and also tanks rolling into Gaza as they are pummeling Gaza targets, Hamas targets from the air, from the land, and from the sea. Uh, huge developments tonight from the Middle East, and we're going to talk about that in the next hour as well. Let's go to Mike, line five. Uh, Mike, we're talking about uh, the shooter in Massachusetts, found dead. Go ahead. 
Hey, Mike, are you there? I'm right here. Can yep, you hear oh, there, yep, I hear you, Mike. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I used to be a gun dealer. I had my FFL, and I've got a completely different perspective than what a lot of the – it's very frustrating for people like myself. I've been a sportsman and a collector for 50 years. Okay, great. So, yeah, so, tell us what okay. you think real quick. You're familiar with the NICS system, the background check system that the FBI maintains. Yes. The system is only as good as the information that it's fed, and they're not giving it the information that they need that it needs. They're not updating it. Now, what they did years ago was they claimed we're going to create a new bill called Fix the NICS, the NICS system. Fix the NICS, and yes, what that'll do is because all these other states are not, they're not updating the system. They're not giving the information to the FBI on how many people have felony, how many people have been put in, uh, uh, ruled a danger to themselves or others. And you know what, um, Mike, you bring up a great point because it's only as good as the information that goes into the system. And that's why I think we need to find out what information was given, who reported it, if at all. We'll continue your calls, guys. Mike, thanks. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. A big news night. Also, lots of developments coming from the Middle East. At this hour, Israeli forces by the thousands are inside northern Gaza. They are pummeling Gaza from the air, from the land, from the sea, getting into those tunnels because that's where they believe that Hamas has its infrastructure. And that's also where potentially some of these hostages could be being held. They were at least there. We know from some who got out. Uh, that's always suspected where they would be located, but they're trying to get the hostages and also trying to pummel Hamas, its infrastructure, its fuel depots, uh, its leadership. Uh, they were said to have gotten a major Hamas leader in the last hour. So this is a big, big night, and it looks like the ground incursion, at least the first phase of it, is underway. In the last few hours, there has been such pounding in northern Gaza uh, that it almost looked like daylight for a while. And it's in the dead of night there. It's now, I guess, uh, getting up to morning there uh, at this moment. But in the last few hours, there was just constant pounding in the background from rockets coming in to Gaza from the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces. And while this was going on, there were protests all over the country, uh, still at some colleges and still elsewhere. First off, this is really scary. Tomorrow night, there is supposed to be a big protest at the Brooklyn, New York Museum. And Brooklyn's Jewish community has basically been warned to stay away from a rally, stay away from the area because they are so scared. There's been these reports this week. We've seen these stories of these protesters that came upon in Cooper Union, the college there in New York. And Jewish students were so scared they were hiding. They were barricaded in a library as pro-Palestinian, and I contend pro-Hamas, demonstrators were banging on the door saying, let us in, let us in. It was like reminiscent of almost the 1930s. It was very, very scary what's going on. Also, last night, 
there were thousands of pro-Palestinian demonstrators that marched in New York City from Wall Street to New York City Hall. And they were protesting against uh, incursions into Gaza. And at one point, a number of them took out American flags and were burning the American flag in front of New York City Hall. It disgusted me. So I want to hear your thoughts tonight as to what needs to be done with these protesters, because, boy, are things getting out of hand in a big, big way. And just a little bit ago, they shut down Grand Central Station in New York City because thousands of protesters had a stand in there and were shouting about pro-Palestinian beliefs. Take a listen. Here's a little bit of sound from there. And those were people chanting and cheering, and those were people saying, free Palestine, as you heard. Well, what they should be saying is, get rid of Hamas. I'd love it. That would be refreshing. Free the Palestinian people from Hamas and condemn Hamas for the brutal attacks. Uh, It's amazing to me that there are still people out there that are condemning Israel for the attacks. And now that Israel is unleashing a fury on Hamas targets, as I believe they rightfully should do and they need to do, not just for Israel, but for world security, because Hamas has just been such a disgusting terrorist regime. We saw what they did on October 7th. And people are going out there and they're afraid to condemn Hamas. I mean, who are these people that won't condemn Hamas? They'll condemn Israel, but they won't condemn Hamas. Uh, what is going wrong with our school systems and what's going wrong with our values? Earlier this week, there also was a vote in Congress to condemn Hamas. You would think that would be a pretty easy thing to do. Condemn Hamas for the October 7th attacks. Nine Democrats, including Rashida Tlaib, didn't sign on to that. How disgusting is that? Boy, do we have a major problem in our universities and with some members of the Democratic Socialists in Congress. And things are going to get a lot worse uh, because the pounding is really in full force now taking place. Israel has been waiting. They've had hundreds of thousands of troops at the ready since after October 7th. Obviously, they have a right to defend themselves. They know if they don't take care of Hamas once and for all, that is just going to come back and they're going to come back and attack again Israel. They have already continued even since October 7th. They got scuba divers. They got Hamas scuba divers that were trying to come in and attack Israel from the sea. These people are not giving up. And we've seen these attacks on U.S. bases uh, by these Iranian proxy groups. Iran's funding Hamas. Iran is funding Hezbollah. Iran is funding the fighters that are also on the West Bank. And who knows what they have in store now that Israel is going in and really beefing up the attacks. And here is Mark Regev. He is the spokesperson for Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, 
And this is what he had to say about the pounding that Gaza is getting right now. We are beefing up the pressure on Hamas. We're increasing the pressure that they're under. Our military operations are underway. Uh, I can't be more specific, of course, at this stage, but Hamas is feeling now Israel's might. They will continue to be on the receiving end of our military blows until we have dismantled their military machine and and dissolved their political structure in Gaza. When this is over, Gaza will be very different. There will no longer be a brutal, extreme terrorist organization governing the Gaza Strip. That'll be good for the people of Israel who'll be safer and live more secure lives, free from the threat of constant terrorist attack. And it'll be better for the people of Gaza who will be finally rid of this terrible theocratic authoritarian regime headed by a terrorist group. And that's what these pro-Palestinian protesters should be saying. They should be chanting, go Israel, get rid of Hamas for us, please, so we can also live peacefully. Because there are reports tonight, and this has been happening the last few days, that Hamas terrorists are standing at the border so people can't exit Gaza. Can you imagine uh, you're somebody, you're a peaceful person living in Gaza, whether you're a Palestinian citizen, there's even American citizens in there. I'm not talking about the hostages, but they're basically almost all held hostage now because Hamas terrorists are standing at the gates, not allowing them to leave Gaza whatsoever. They were trying to make a deal with Egypt, but now suddenly these terrorists are standing, armed terrorists saying, you're not going anywhere. So they want all of these people to be human shields. And die in these, in these attacks. They don't care about their people, these Hamas terrorist thugs. And I wish there were more pro-Palestinian protesters who were also pro-Israeli, pro-good people and anti-Hamas as opposed to it being an anti-Israeli. Boy, are things so messed up that people are out there chanting, you know, uh, lock them up, get in. We want to come in. Pounding on the doors of Cooper Union and then chant, you know, chanting tonight and blasting Israel. Boy, they have to fix this process because there are good people living in the Palestinian territories, but also a lot of them voted for Hamas. You know, I mean, and now they're wondering what is Israel not supposed to respond? I wish Israel had done it on day one. I think they should have done it. Uh, we were talking about this earlier today on Katz and Cosby. The attack happened, of course, October 7th. There's reports that Biden was saying, hey, wait a moment, wait, hang tight. We got to get some defensive structure because, of course, Biden was caught flat footed because he's been appeasing Iran for so much. He's uh, like Obama part three because Obama did it for two terms and now it's Biden doing it. And we'll get into all of that in a moment. But in the meantime, you know, Israel was sort of wait, wait, wait. You can't keep an army of hundreds of thousands of military fighters on hold. And also, at some point, they're going to move the hostages further away. There's reports that Iran wanted the hostages. That's all you need is for them to end up in Iran. Think about what happened in the 1970s when they paraded Americans all over the place. So this is a really scary situation. So Israel said, we got to go in. So now they have started it. Uh, this is just sort of phase one from what we understand. But they are still trying to get some of the hostages out. That's why this is so tricky. There's reports tonight that they thought they were close to some sort of negotiation on getting a whole bunch of the hostages out. And then suddenly negotiations collapsed and they realized that it was just sort of uh, 
a joke, if you will, by Hamas, that they weren't really honest uh, barters in the process. And what they were asking for was completely unrealistic. And that's reports why they said, "Okay, well, we just have to kind of go in. We can't wait anymore. Here is Mark Regev. Here's a little bit more about what he says about the hostages. So one of the goals of our operation is to free the hostages and bring them all home. And we believe that is best achieved by hitting Hamas and hitting Hamas hard. And we've also said very clearly, and we've said again tonight, anyone in Hamas who's involved in harming one of those hostages, one of those 229 hostages, anyone involved in hurting them, we will find them and we will punish them. It might take a month, it might take a year, it might take 20 years. We will find them and we will meet out justice. You hurt your those hostages, you will pay a price. Now, we're going to keep the pressure up on Hamas. The pressure will be on them until our operational aims are met, and that is the, the release of all the hostages and the end of this terror regime, this enclave of terrorism and, and slaughter in the Gaza Strip. When it's over, everyone will be better off. So how long could this take? There are reports it's not just hours, it's not just days, it's not just weeks, that this may be a months-long assault to literally get rid of Hamas once and for all. And that means getting rid of its leadership, getting rid of its all of its structures, uh, wondering what is Iran going to do, what could Hezbollah do uh, from the north. This is such a complicated situation, and we know that a 1,000 U.S. troops are on their way now and another 1,000 Put at the ready. And we have a president who I contend is an appeaser and chief. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll take your calls about these big developments in Israel, the pounding of Gaza and at least thousands of Israeli troops entering Gaza that has begun. We'll talk about that after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And as we're heading into the weekend, you can't go wrong with a little bit of Billy Joel. Uh, always fantastic. Or as my friends in Mexico say, Billy Joel. So anyway, we love Billy Joel. And obviously, you may be right, I may be crazy. Uh, boy, what a crazy news night it has been here on the Rita Cosby Show. And it's getting crazier uh, because as the Israeli forces are doing sustained pounding on Gaza, where the Hamas headquarters are, there are protests that are taking place all over different spots in New York City and around the country. Hundreds of pro-Palestinian protesters forced the closure of Grand Central Terminal, where all the trains come in, and on Friday evening rush, and they staged this massive, they call it a sit-in, and it was near the station's concourse, Dozens of people were arrested, thank goodness, because, you know, you can't start disrupting people's lives. 
And they're wearing black shirts saying, Jews say ceasefire now. No more war. Ceasefire is what we're fighting for. Well, uh, the exact opposite is happening because Israel is now saying tonight payback begins. Those are the words from Netanyahu's chief spokesman and advisor, Mark Regev, saying, quote, tonight we are starting payback. And who would not want payback after October 7th? And after everything that Hamas has done to the Israeli people. And yet there are these protests all over the place. Uh, Jews are worried about Brooklyn tomorrow night. A huge Jewish community, obviously, in Brooklyn. And very worried about this massive pro-Palestinian protest that's taking place. And they're purposely doing it by Jewish facilities. I mean, it's just, it is, I find it so distasteful and so disgusting. And it reminds me of what happened earlier in the week at Cooper Union. Listen to this. I was talking about this earlier. These are these pro-Palestinian protesters that were banging on the doors as young Jewish students were hiding, hiding, barricaded inside the library, scared for their lives. They're angry now because the, they feel the school did nothing to protect them. Imagine if these people had gotten inside. What would they have done? Listen to this. This is happening in New York City. This is shocking. Free Palestine. And then at one point they were pounding on the door saying, let us in. Let us in. I mean, how scary is that? You could see the video of the young students on the other end, just like shaking and shivering. What has happened to decency in America and what is happening to these students that they have such skewed values? What has happened to academia that they're actually promoting these kind of values or allowing it to continue? It's disgusting. Uh, let's go to Alan, line four. Alan, your thoughts about all this. Well, the inmates are running the asylum now, and, and without question, uh, you have a problem inside America that we've invited so many people in here. We've also invited the enemies of America, and now you're seeing the byproducts of it, and uh, it doesn't look good. Now, Cooper Union is a unique school. It's famous for, like, a few things, but engineering is one of them. It used to be totally tuition-free for the kids that went there. They were top-notch kids, but then about 10 years ago, they had to stop it. I think they go they go percentage-wise now. But guess what, Alan? What, what Jewish student is ever going to want to go there again after they saw these images of what happened this week? I mean, that they don't feel well, they can be protected. Well, well nobody's going to really protect you because you got to realize in, in this country, unfortunately, the protests are getting out of hand where they now side with terrorists, and they do it out in the open. I'm sure... Through the years, there have always been people in this country who sided with the terrorists. But yeah, but you know what, Alan, you hit a great point um, because you're right. They've probably always been here, but now they're percolating. But also, we haven't always had an open border. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. 
And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here, where we get to honor our military and their families, a really beautiful story coming from Meriden, Connecticut, where Thursday was declared Henry Muzinski Day in Meriden, Connecticut, as friends and families packed a room at the Senior Center to honor Muzinski. He is a World War II veteran who celebrated his 104th birthday. During his tour of service during the war, Muzinski served as part of the 88th Glider Infantry, which was deployed into France during the tail end of the European Theater of Operations. Since his time in the service, Muzinski has also been a member of the Antique Veterans Honor Guard for almost three decades. The group of ex-military members provides an honor guard at the funeral for all service members who pass away. So how beautiful that he honors his comrades this way. And the mayor of Meriden, Connecticut, uh, presented him with a plaque on Thursday honoring his birthday and again, Henry Muzinski Day. And the mayor said, quote, our nation should pause and appreciate this great generation that put so much on the line for all of us. How beautiful and great to see the greatest generation and 104 years young Henry Muzinski being honored in such a magnificent way. Well, we are talking, of course, about the military because the Israeli military is ramping up their bombardment of Gaza. They're in the northern Gaza Strip right now and pounding away. Thousands of Israeli troops are said to be entering from the ground. They started that ground incursion a couple hours ago, and they say this is not going to be a quick fight because they are taking the fight to the enemy. Their goal is to wipe out Hamas, but also hopefully to bring some of those hostages back. The latest count is there are 229 hostages. They believe a 10 or maybe a dozen are Americans. So there is a lot at stake here. And, of course, Hamas has its headquarters, guess what, located beneath the biggest hospital there in Gaza, And it has a whole intricate tunnel system that's said to be 300 linear miles long. It like snakes like a spider web. One of the women who got, uh, remember she was released this week. It was an Israeli woman who was in her 80s, uh, talked about how when she was first taken, they took her down into the spider web of tunnels. She was with a big group of hostages. Then they separated her into another group. But she described us how dark it is, how muddy, how dangerous it is. Um, and she said they didn't have a lot of food either. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the Israelis can do. They definitely want to try to rescue some hostages, but they also want to wipe out Hamas. And that is a delicate, delicate balance. Meantime, there are protests taking place all over New York and elsewhere this week. I talked about the one in front of New York City Hall where they were burning the American flag. How dare you? I mean, I want to know, are these people, are they foreign nationals? Are they here on a visa? Revoke their visas. If they're out here protesting and, and bashing America and they're on American soil or promoting Hamas, praising Hamas, there was a big thing at GW, George Washington University in Washington, where they put on a projection on a wall, glory be to the Hamas martyrs. Are you kidding me? On a university wall, luckily they were able to take it off. But it wasn't after until all the protests. Other people, Jewish students and others and donors were like, what are you kidding me? 
I mean, how disgusting that they would actually have the balls to put it up there. That's an, it's just shocking to me. It's disgusting. What is going on with our country? What is going on with the education system that people think it's appropriate? And listen to this Columbia University student in New York saying what she doesn't do anymore because she now lives in fear because of some of the violent and often very unruly protests she has seen at Columbia University. Everybody knows where the kippah um, is mocked in, on campus. And, for example, I've stopped wearing the, the David star because I'm afraid. I stop wearing the Star of David because I'm afraid. That is downright frightening. And things are going to get a lot worse because tensions are obviously very heated. We talked about how Grand Central Station tonight was temporarily closed at rush hour because of protesters. And now that the ground incursion, at least this first phase of it, has begun and the pounding has begun where they're really taking out targets, undoubtedly there's going to be civilian casualties. There might be people cheering for Hamas, as we've seen, sadly, on some of these campuses and elsewhere. But they're going to be, obviously, protesting against civilian casualties in Gaza and neglecting to say that's where Hamas is based. And that's where the terrorist group is based. That was slaughtering and raping uh, Israeli women and brutalizing young children and beheading children in Israel. That's like telling us after 9-11, back off. You know what I'm saying? That That's obscene. Israel needs to wipe out Hamas, not just for Israel, but for the world. And this is in the midst of everything that's happening with Iran, because Iran has been hitting all these U.S. bases. We have a softer than soft U.S. president. This is really a dangerous situation, guys, because you've got what's going to be a very tenuous situation. It's going to be at least a few weeks, if not a few months. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be horrific. They're going to have to go in there and slaughter so many people that are tied to Hamas. They believe there's like 150,000 people that have allegiances to Hamas. They believe there's about 60,000 active Hamas fighters. I mean, that's a huge amount. That's a lot of people. And they're in tunnels. They're in the spider web that we just talked about in the darkness. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be horrific. And it's going to be so dangerous for the Israelis tremendously and for the hostages. And we know we've already seen this propaganda war. They're going to be putting these pictures. Look at this poor child, this innocent child uh, or this poor Palestinian. And uh, sadly, there will be people who will be killed because a lot of them didn't want to leave. And many of them can't leave because Hamas is holding them hostage, too. So I am hoping that the good Palestinian people start protesting against Hamas. If everybody again in the world isolated Hamas, we'd be in a much better place. They maybe stay in one certain part of town, but instead they're using these people as human shields. And it's horrific and it's disgusting. And it comes after President Biden did a little pinprick. He did those strikes in Syria on Iranian proxies on these warehouses. Now, there's reports tonight that the warehouses were empty that Biden hit. I don't know if that's true. I'm just telling you what there's some reports out there. Uh, so maybe it all was just for show, guys, because there's been so much heat on this president for not doing anything after all these attacks on U.S. bases by these Iranian proxy groups coming, you know, from Syria and from Iraq and elsewhere. So hitting U.S. troops and U.S. bases. So after 19 times, 
President Biden finally put on his big boy pants and he decided, okay, I'm going to have U.S. warplanes do some strikes. So they did the strikes in Syria again. They may have been empty warehouses. They certainly didn't take out any Iranian leadership or any fighters that were even associated with these. It just seems like they were warehouses with supplies or nothing. Who knows, right? Um, and guess what? Iran clearly isn't afraid of Joe Biden, and nor should they be, sadly. And that breaks my heart as an American, because everything he's done has been acquiescing to the Iranians. And so within hours of U.S. warplanes hitting these two targets in eastern Syria last night, guess what happened? A few hours later, there were renewed strikes on U.S. bases in Syria and Iraq by Iranian proxies. They just don't care. And the Iranian foreign minister, within hours of those strikes, was at the U.N. This is so disgusting. U.S. taxpayer dollars basically pay for a huge chunk of the U.N. He was at the U.N. saying, if these attacks on Gaza continue by Israel, uh, even the U.S. will not be uh, protected. In other words, they're fair game for attacks. He was like spewing hate against America on American soil. So they clearly just don't care. These people are ruthless, they're terrorists, and they just don't care. And so this morning, John Kirby, of course, the spokesperson at the White House, he was so tepid about these attacks. And even the one attack that we did that may have been on the empty weapons facilities, he's saying, oh, it was all self-defense. Like, please don't get mad at us, Iran. Please, please. Listen, they's trying to parse it, saying, oh, it had nothing to do with Israel. It just happens to be this totally isolated thing. And we just took unilateral action. And uh, please don't hurt us again, Iran. I mean, this really sounds imposing. Listen to this one. Well, these these strikes were very much done in self-defense. As you know, our, our forces and facilities had uh, come under uh, a range of attacks, uh, rocket attacks, largely by these proxy groups but that are backed by Iran uh, in Iraq and in Syria. Uh, these strikes were in, uh, in self-defense for our ability to protect ourselves and our troops. I mean, they went right at uh, targets that were tied to the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, the IRGC, that is resourcing, funding, training, and, and making capable all these proxy groups. Uh, these two targets went right at their storage facilities, weapons facilities, that kind of thing, uh, to try to get at their ability to do exactly that. Just in self-defense, please don't hurt us, Iran. Uh, we're in trouble, guys. I mean, this is going to be a really delicate, dangerous time. And I am so worried about our homeland. I'm worried we have a wide open southern border. We've had more people cross that we've even apprehended on the terrorist watch list that are from these countries that hate us. Uh, I mean, and we have still haven't closed the border. This president still hasn't closed the border. He still hasn't started sanctioning Iranian oil, enforcing the sanctions that are on the books. They're making $2 billion a week. I, I mean, this is nuts. How do you think they're funding the war machine? And yet this president wants to act like he's tough because he hits two empty warehouses. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Sandra, line two. Sandra, your thoughts about all this? Good evening, Rita. You know, I was reading an article today uh, about Megyn Kelly, and she was saying that the students at Cooper Union should have fought back. I mean, I don't know if you should be giving opinions like that when it could cost you your life. I mean. 
yeah, it's good we should be strong and fight back, but but you know, those people are crazy. I wouldn't want to go. I would have stayed in that library. I wouldn't have gone out to fight them. Uh-uh. What do you think? Rita? You know, I agree. I don't think they should have gone out to fight those people. You know, you don't know when people are crazy like these protesters were. I mean, what kind of a, a student and others, I don't know, there may have been outside folks coming in too, ba- banging on the doors and saying, uh, let us in, let us in, let us in. How terrifying. I mean, and this is 2023. This is not, you know, the 1930s. Um, but it's reminiscent of it. And that's sad. And I, I would, I would never suggest somebody to go out and fight them or take them on, even verbally. It's just not worth it because these people are crazy. If they're crazy enough, uh, to be in many cases pro Hamas, uh, because if you're anti-Israel, in many ways, you know, uh, they're taking on the side of the terrorist, if you will, you know, and they think, oh, no problem. They, you know, some of these people get interviewed. Uh, don't you want to condemn the attacks, rapes of women, uh, beheading of kids? And they're like, well, I don't really want to talk. They won't even say no. You know, I mean, are you kidding me? That's that's not a that's not a trick question. I mean, that is just that is crazy. So I agree with you. You just got to stay away. But how sad because these protests are all over the place. They are all over the country. Uh, let's go to Joanne on line four. Joanne, your thoughts. Yes. Hi, Rita. Um, I tell you, I, um, as far as the students, uh, and I'm a toughie. I mean, I, I believe in, you know, listen, I wish I had karate. And I think that between karate and um, uh, any of those martial arts, forms of martial arts, I think it's important. My grandkids are in, you know, the one little girl, three little boys, I have grandkids. Um, I want them all to take, including the girl, and, and most particularly the girl, to take some form of more to defend herself. But not against. I mean, there, there were only a handful of students, they said. There weren't. And God knows how many were on the other side. You yes. might have had a whole, uh, yeah, I would never, never, I, I was frightened for them. I, I thought it was horrendous. And for someone to even make that remark that they should have, uh, no, then they must have been in there petrified. Absolutely. Thousand percent. When I heard that, I was sick for them. I was sick for them because, and if they had gotten in and broken down the door, which they might have, that might have been next. I mean, who knows what would have happened, you know? You they, they never were, know. Crazies. You never know if they're crazy enough to do that. And just like you said, I mean, it was a handful and they were like cowering in the corner. It was really, really scary. Um, and my heart breaks for them. I mean, it just it made me sad. First of all, it made me so sad for them. Then they were angry because where was the school? Uh, police, apparently, when they were called in, were told to leave because uh, they said, no, the campus can handle it. So the students were upset about that. Um, but who would ever as a Jewish student want to go to that school again? But that, if that's the way that they protect their students or, or don't, um, and you just don't know, you don't know what this group is in their mind. You don't know who's in the group. Um, you don't know if it's students or if it's outside agitators. You don't know if they have a weapon or if they're high or something. I mean, my heart broke. My heart broke for them, but my heart broke for America because I thought, what have we become that we have students, Jewish students who are there to study and learn and they're cowering, uh, because uh, they're scared to death of what's outside that door and it's other students that that is so heartbreaking and so disgusting that the school allowed the protest to get so out of control that they were threatening fellow students that, that they had to barricade themselves. Uh, that is a shame. And I don't think anybody should go to Cooper Union until they clean up their act. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. 
It's the Rita Cosby Show. which is why I hate seeing these protesters like the ones we saw Cooper Union scaring to death these Jewish students that they were barricaded in a library. And also another major protest took place tonight. Again, also shutting down temporarily service at rush hour in Grand Central Station. Tomorrow night, there's supposed to be a huge one in Brooklyn. And uh, they were burning the American flag. In front of New York City Hall, which breaks my heart. If you don't like this country, get out. That's my feeling. Get out. You know what? And if you're on a visa or, you know, it, it's a temporary uh, or you came here illegally, uh, we got to figure out what to do. We got to vet people and those people who are here uh, at the luxury of coming to this country but don't appreciate it or are trashing America, as some of these protesters are, leave, or we'll send you out. There are, you know, people talking, saying it's time to deport these people, check their visas. If they're blasting America and they're on American soil, you know what? You shouldn't be here. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Julie, line four. Julie, your thoughts? Yes, hi, Rita. I'm just very... The press in in America, I don't know what is in in it for them. Why they make it? It seems like they want the Americans to hate Israel and the Jews. Uh, Yesterday, I'm watching TV, just happened to be channel surfing for the news, and I hear screaming, and I I turn around, I look, and you see all the, um, I'm sorry, Hamas, the Palestinians, digging a boy out of rubble, but he wasn't really in rubble. It was just a few things over his head, and they were all yelling, oh, they saved the boy, look, they saved the little boy, look. And two more, uh, two more they couldn't save. They you, know what you, you know what you're talking about, though, Julie? You, you hit it that Israel is fighting a war against terrorists, but they're also fighting a propaganda war. Um, and you're right, and it's probably going to get a lot worse, which is why you got to stand strong for Israel and freedom.